Hey there, 10X Real Estate Warriors. I got a really exciting guest for you today. Joey Ragona is actually from Strategic Business Academy um, out of Canada, actually. He's a serial entrepreneur, number one bestseller, speaker, coach. Uh, Joey is actually known as the entrepreneur's secret weapon. He's the CEO and founder of Strategic Business Academy and helps entrepreneurs and online marketers who have already have a business but feeling overwhelmed, distracted, disorganized, stuck, especially when it comes to building their business. Sound familiar? <laughs> Man, that could be just about anybody. Hey there, fellow realtors. What is the number one question on every realtor's mind, yet they'll never ever share it out loud? Where is my next deal coming from? This question literally consumes the minds of most realtors, draining their energy, limiting their self-confidence, limiting their ability to succeed. It's time we flip the script. Ask yourself a new question. How do I build a trackable, duplicatable, repeatable, profitable, and even scalable real estate business without buying expensive leads, without paying exorbitant fees, or even discounting our commissions on listings that won't even sell? At the 10X Real Estate Warrior Nation podcast, we'll answer all these questions and so much more. My name is Sean Chalice, and I'll be your host. Man. Hey there, 10X Real Estate Warriors. I got a really exciting guest for you today. Joey Ragona is actually from Strategic Business Academy um, out of uh, Canada, actually. He's a serial entrepreneur, number one bestseller, speaker, coach. Uh, Joey is actually known as the entrepreneur's secret weapon. He's the CEO and founder of Strategic Business Academy and helps entrepreneurs and online marketers who have already have a business but feeling overwhelmed, distracted, disorganized, stuck, especially when it comes to building their business. Sound familiar? <laughs> Man, that could be just about anybody. Um, with more than 30 years of experience as an entrepreneur, he's now known and trusted as the authority to the millennials in online marketing strategies and implementation. He spares no expense to personal and business development, spending time uh, training and exclusively at some of the world's highest achievers, including um, Brendan Bouchard, John Asheroff, and Frank Kern, just to name a few. Uh, Joey is also a high-demand, high-performance coach and online digital marketing consultant uh, with proven track record. He's actually a consultant and coach um, companies like Remax, Century 21, Keller Williams, Domino Lending, uh, and a whole, a whole bunch of others that you've already know and love. Uh, he's been featured on numerous magazines, podcasts, live streams, business shows, sharing uh, his tools and his beliefs and his systems and his strategies with entrepreneurs who more than business, um, you know, they're actually out there and he actually gives a shit, uh, to be honest with you. He's one of the few guys that have actually caught up with on Facebook and watched him from the outside looking in a little bit. And obviously, most of you guys know me. I don't recommend people unless they're actually in my own space. And if I can trust them or if I don't trust them, I'll let you know. Either way, it's all good. So, Joey, how are you today, man? We're doing uh, really well today, man. It's it's awesome. I don't know uh, how the weather is over there, but, you know, here in Toronto, Canada, you know, usually we, we're a little bit cooler in the Novembers, but yeah. we're having a blast this summer again, man. So I'm just enjoying it even more. So, hey, thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, no worries, man. You know, as a matter of fact, I think one of the last times I remember actually going to I'll tell you a funny story. We were in Toronto and whatever the big major hotel is right by the stadium where the Blue Jays play, it was right after they built it. And this is probably 2009 or so. Yeah. Um, it was right after the secret came out and Bob Proctor was a friend of a friend of mine, one of my other mentors guy named, and actually John Osaroff, funny enough. Yeah. Um, and I actually paid, I actually paid Bob like $10,000 to go meet with him for four hours with my wife. We fly up wow. there. My wife is like three or four months pregnant. We get to Toronto. It's a ghost town because they were waiting for a blizzard to show up. <laughs> and it's it's like me, Bob, his assistant in a room that was like one of these conference rooms that they gave us the entire conference room for like 150 <laughs> people. 
and the four of us are sitting at a table with like a cup of coffee talking. So um, good times. That is classic. You know, but it's just funny how I remember that, you know, because John Asaroff was also in the movie The Secret. Yeah. So give us a little bit about your background. How does like, how does a guy like you come from kind of like in the real estate space? Or maybe you mentioned that in the business space to where you are now. Yeah, it's a funny story because I've I grew up in a, an entrepreneurial family, and I'll try to fast forward through, you know, this stuff really quickly. Um, but I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, and real estate came into my life in 2008, believe it or not. And it was after I sold my family company. My dad passed him when he was 60, um, and it was a few years after this. And I, you know, decided that there was a that wasn't something I wanted to continue on because it was in a corporate world environment and the governments and all that. And that's just not who I am. I'm more of the, you know, entrepreneurial type. Um, and so I sold that company, had some money. We were in a really good position in 2005, six, somewhere around there, you know, paid off everything. We had, you know, no debt whatsoever, great assets. We were in a, and we were in a position where everybody wants to be right. <laughs> right. Owning everything, no debt and a huge chunk of money in our bank account and I looked at my wife and said, listen, what do we do? We could either go to Hawaii for the next 10 years and party and then decide what we want to do later, or we could use this money and invest in real estate and do something with that. I had no idea what real estate was all about. And so I decided to invest in real estate to keep my dad's legacy around, right? Because this is from the family business, right? Sure. And, um, and then I went into real estate. And I'm one of these guys that jump right in. Like I jump with it without a parachute. I build things on the way down. And when I decide to do something... I focus completely on that. Like it's 110% in that. I'm just, there's no stopping me. And I involve myself all the way through. So I really spent, um, I spent the regular working day of a normal person studying real estate, like actually studying it, going through the courses, you know, absorbing the information, writing everything down. And, and I invested in 2008, as you know, what mm-hmm. the world was, what, what, what it was in in 2008. And luckily, because I have no idea or I'm not even associated with the world, with what's going on in the world, um, I invested in the best times possible, 2008, 2009, 2011, which the world was crashing around us, right? And everybody was right. freaking out. And I had no clue what they were talking about, which is great because I'm, I don't associate with that. Um, and so that really and, and so i was known for uh stepping into fear like every time i would go to these these events which was monthly events you know the seminars um sure. people would like you're crazy the interest rates are going to do this and all these analysts and all these people and i'm thinking what are you guys doing like i don't understand and i'm buying real estate and so i got known for the of stepping into fear and that's how i've been all my life so i started getting asked to speak on stages and go like that and, and so started talking about that and that got me into coaching of real estate investors, because I saw, I saw people uh, sitting around these events uh, for years. Like I would be sitting at a table and the, and the first thing they ask you is, I don't know about where you are, but for me, it's always, how many doors do you have? And I'm like, well, we talking. So, you know, that's how they enter the conversation. And I'm like, well, Just let, me, let me interrupt you for a second. So for those people listening and a lot of you guys are in the space, but if you're not in the space, you know, how many doors is the true sign of an investor? Because the investor, true investors don't count. Like I have this many buildings with this many people in it or that many doors, or that many apartments, this or that. It's how many physical doors or how many units you own. And each door is a unit. Um, so depending, you know, unless you're like some of my investors that own SROs, which are single occupancy residences, which are the old, old school boarding houses, which by yeah. the way, are like ridiculously profitable if you can get a license for one. Um, probably a, a haven for COVID-19 though, right now. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, on that note, so let me ask you a question. It sounds like you, so you went, you kind of went in head first, you got involved in the real estate business and, and that's done fairly well for you. And then you kind of figured out that we're probably not the smartest group of people on the planet. Um, and when you dive in, you're, di- you know, half the time in our business, you end up swimming next to the lifeguard um, right. in the deep end with, with no paddle. So, right. Um, so once you got your business up and running, what were you speaking about on stage? Were you speaking about real estate? Were you speaking about like the strategy of running your business? It was both. Like it started with fear. It started with like, you know, uh, you got to make a move and start getting into something because you never really can predict the future. And, you know, you and I both know that people live in one of two places usually, which is regretting the past or fearing the future. And I was like, you know, okay, I look at the future, but I don't fear it. I step into it. And I started talking about that. And then I started bringing my marketing ability to the stage because um, I started my first business when I was 18 and grew that business without the internet from zero to 5,000 customers in three years, all by a, a little, you know, newsletter thingy that you'd send out in the actual physical mail. Right. And so I brought that marketing um, strategy to, to getting people to give me money, like joint venture partners, like, you know, using other people's money mm-hmm. to uh, invest in real estate and everything that people talk about still to this day is, you know, I still remember it and I, and I stood against it. It was turn every conversation into a real estate conversation. And I totally disagreed with that. It was like, you know, you don't bug people about real estate because I tried all this. It wasn't that I was standing against it without actually trying it. And I did that. I, I did everything they told me to do on stage and I destroyed relationships, like to the degree where I would be walking down the street on my street. And because I did it to all my neighbors, they would cross to the other side of the street because they would know I would stop them and want to talk about real estate and have so you polarize. You did what I did in the business. You polarized yourself from everybody else trying to be passionate about your business. Well, it wasn't even that it was I wasn't really passionate about real estate, about the business. It was it was it was it was following the the advice of the gurus on stage. And I'm not saying they're all wrong, but I'm just saying that oh, yeah. that from, from that capacity of, of trying to get people to give me money, it was totally wrong. And so when I did finally get somebody to give me money. So it was, let me interrupt you for a second. I'm yeah. curious because that's something that uh, I'm passionate about. And, and bear in mind, I was trained by the best in the business and spent the better part of my life on the phone, five to 7,000 calls a, a year, I should say contacts a year meant, which meant that I was probably making 700 to a hundred, you know, 700 to a billion dials a year to get to 7,000 people on the phone to have a conversation with them to say, Hey, do you want to buy, sell or invest in real estate? Right. And what's interesting is that, you know, I've said it in the past is, you know, I, I was trained to spend my entire day on the phone to have somebody at least tell me, go screw myself at least twice a week to know that I was doing something right. Yeah. And I only knew that I was doing the right thing if I got yelled at. And I was like, well, wait a second. Why, no wonder why realtors end up with a therapist half the time. Yeah. Or they end up out of the business in the first six months. I mean, like what kind of business? Let me, let me, let me clarify that for you. Here, I want you to go to war and I want you to go naked. And I want them to throw rocks at you. And I want right. them to, to hit you with a sticks. And but it's going to be okay because every once in a while, somebody's going to come over and say, it's okay. I mean, right. that doesn't make sense. <laughs> no. So, I, I empathize with what you're saying and I, you know, I've been down the road, I've been down the path and yeah, it's and nowadays. I think it's just our position is it doesn't have to be that way. Right. It, the real estate doesn't have to be difficult or any business for that matter. No, it doesn't. And this leads up to where we are going with the right. where I'm in now in the business, but you know, to, to close that loop, 
it was totally against the grains of what everybody else was doing. Still is. And still is. Yeah, it still is. And, you know, I always felt that, I mean, you know, thinking of where it came from, I mean, I grew up with an entrepreneurial family. I saw my dad bring clients to the table. We had dinner guests all the time and I'd never really understood why. And there was always like, they were friends and they were business associates, right? So my dad, and some people disagree with this, that you have, you can be friends with your customers, right? Yep. And some people totally disagree with that. Um, I don't, I believe that my customers are my family and that there is a point of time where they can come over into my backyard and we can have a beer or two. And then Absolutely. when we get back into the business week, it's like, you're my customer now, right? Yep. And some people can't have, they can't bridge the, that gap, right? Where I can. And that's the way I've always approached business. So it was the same with real estate. It was the same as like, why would I go after anybody with money, convince them, even if I could convince them to give me money and they're not somebody that I want to hang out with, or they're going to be a pain in the ass by calling me every day and saying, Hey, I just saw this thing on CNN. Do you know what's going on? I'm like, Holy shit. Like, I don't want to deal with that right now. Like just right. leave, leave it alone. Let me do my job. Right. So it was very important for me back then, even with real estate, as it is today, to have a dream customer. Back then it was a dream investor. So we call that, um, and I'm sure Joe, you'll touch on this. We call it an ideal client profile. Right. Or your perfect customer, right? And, exactly. And, and, and interestingly, we're having this conversation because, um, you know, I, I said to Joey before we got started, I said, you know, if you had to ask, if I had to ask you what's your superpower? And he said, turning, and I'm gonna simplify what he even told me, which was turning complexity into simplicity. And figuring out how to take a complex idea or concept and create it, make it really simple. So um, what we just touched on a second ago was turning your ideal customer. And we, we talked about it a minute ago, which is instead of, instead of going fishing for saltwater fish in a freshwater ocean, go fishing, you know, go find out what time, what temperature the water should be, figure out what bait they like, and then go fishing for the fish that you want to bite, mm-hmm. you know, or you want, you want to buy your stuff. And yep. so based on that, you know, how'd you make the transition to pay, helping people with their online business that are already established? I mean, it's- yeah, so it, that's where I was going with the with the real estate because I started coaching real estate investors, right? And right. they wanted to know, so you were asking me what I was talking about on stage. Yeah, yeah. I started with fear and then it got into how do I get joint venture partners? I became the joint venture dude, like talk to Joey because he knows how to get joint venture partners. And so I was very popular around, around that that you know, that a single family home one-off. And so I wasn't into anything. I, yep. I just, just can't handle complexity. So the more, the simpler, the better. And if anybody wanted to get into apartment buildings or they wanted to go into getting, you know, big, big money, hundreds of thousands of dollars, I wasn't the guy. I was the normal dude. You talk to your neighbor, Got they it. like real estate, you get together, right? So that was me. Got and it. so people started to hire me for the wrong reason. I didn't know that, but I was trying to help them build their business because as you know, a lot of real estate investors and even realtors, because I trained both of them and coached both of them, their life uh, is, is around their business, right? Their business is first yep. and their life is all around it. Like it's really, really, it's just so much complicated. Going on. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I was all about, you guys are doing this wrong. You can't build your business and your life around it. You need to build your life first and your business around your life. So that was my big, you know, introduction to coaching and they, a lot of them were not interested in that. They said they were and all this, but they were still interested in just how do I make more money? How do I get more customers? Right. And that led me to, okay, well, there's this thing online. It's called Facebook. It's called this. You can do a couple of these things, but they were not online people. They were just like, how do I get leads and how do I turn them into 
customers. Right. And I'm not that guy. I'm not a sales dude. I'm not a guy, like you just said, take 30 calls a day or, you know, 50 calls a day or, um, you're not a sales guy in the right. customers. Right. Yep. And so the, the realtors that did win with me, the, we use the strategy of how do we narrow down, pick a niche, pick a niche, whichever, however you guys want to say it. Right. Everybody yep. says it differently, but, um, pick the customer and focus in on that. And you can infiltrate into other markets outside of that. And that's what we did with the realtors, a couple of realtors that really, really excelled at that yep. because they understood that if they're known for the condo guy in Toronto, that's it, then yeah. people are going to gravitate to them. And then they can also say, listen, I don't have a condo to sell. Uh, I have this, this family, this single family home. Could you help me too? You're not going to say no. Right. But what other realtors went, they went the other way. They're trying to get the whole market yep. and say, you know, I said, well, who do you serve? And they would say, I serve anybody, anywhere, anytime, buy anything and sell anything. Exactly. I'm like, that's a really and good focus, right? The <laughs> so, reason why they serve no one is because they don't know, nobody knows who they serve. Yeah. And, and that know, I, I, I always ask that question is how many, how many products does Amazon sell? I'll ask you, how many products does Amazon oh, sell? Oh God, billions of, <laughs> of, believe it or not, they're only known for selling one though. Their real is business, it really? So yeah, there's real, their real, their real business, the real business is actually renting space on their servers in the back end to customers like you and me and huge companies and huge corporate, you know, fortune 500 companies. And really what yep. they provide is the infrastructure in the server farms. And what they did was they built huge, 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 huge server farms to store information. And then they went to these small guys and they said, Hey, you know, we're not really using, it's kind of like in, in, in New Jersey, at least, or in, in the United States, a lot of these gas stations, they, they used the gas to make, to get the people in the door. They didn't make a lot of money on the gas. They actually made the money on the repairs on the car. And there was mm -hmm. usually a gas station with five pumps and two, two bays. Mm -hmm. And then what happened was, is that the, uh, you know, the foreigners came into the market and saw an opportunity and they saw the arbitrage between what we pay for gas and what we sell it for. And they said, you know, we can get, you know, for the, the American guys or the people that were here, you couldn't afford to have a father, mom or a dad to stand there and pump gas because they didn't pay them enough. But you could get your brother from Pakistan to come because he's used to making 50 cents an hour. You're going to pay him a dollar an hour to work at your right. gas pump. So the, the margin for, you know, the labor cost was so much lower. Right. That the, and they could actually bring in their family and friends to run the operation for them for almost nothing just to come to the United States. And, and now all of a sudden they were, they were willing to take that business on, but somebody had to take over the repair shops. So what they started doing was renting the repair shops and outsourcing that to, to a mechanic saying, we'll rent you the, we'll rent you the garage and you can just operate that portion of this business separately. And they, they literally was brilliant. They actually carved it off and did that. And, you know, what's ironic is when you look at, when I see things and, and I listen to what you're saying going, they were everything to everyone. And yeah. I'm like, no, I'm like, you know, even, even the biggest companies in the world, which you would think have multiple, multiple income streams, like Apple, Apple's yeah. number one income stream is the phone. I mean, mm -hmm. they make other stuff, but the iPad is a giant phone. Even their new tablets are giant phones. So right. they're, they're, the essence, the pure essence of their businesses is their phone. And that's why in, in my particular business, we call it RI Square Consulting, where we're actually teaching, we're going the other way. We're teaching realtors how to dive in deep into becoming the probate and estate expert to becoming the fine fix and flip expert to becoming the open house expert right becoming the mailing expert if you like to do mailing or if you want to do the facebook expert if you want to be the celebrity in your community and do it on video 
we have a course for that that actually teaches you from the you know the number one person in the in the country that teaches it. She's actually going to be on our on our summit. So interesting is it's funny how your perception of it is the same. It's just from a different angle. Um, right. Thanks for listening to 10X Real Estate Warrior Nation with Sean Chalice. Tune in daily for new updates and join the 10X Real Estate Warrior Nation Facebook group. Search Facebook for 10X Real Estate Warrior Nation. You can download your free 10X Personal Success Formula Blueprint at 10xpsf.com. That's the number 10xpsf.com. We'll talk to you soon on 10X Real Estate Warrior Nation.